we can do that. We're going to finger okay. cross it. All right. Well, tell me what you've been watching. So many things I realized because I was smart and I got a notebook and I wrote this crap down. Woo! I watched Atlanta. It has two seasons. It's super quick because they're like half hour episodes. It was on FX. It is Donald Glover's show. Oh, I love him. He's so awesome. This show is fantastic. It has so many great conversations about race and racism and poverty. But there's like, there was one moment that I hurt myself laughing so hard. And then I had to have my kids come in and watch the episode. And it was a show that I was watching by myself. I was like, you have no context for this. Just watch it. And they laugh so freaking hard. So I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's it's brought out in this really awesome way. It's a good show. I binged it in like two days because it's so fast. I just finished Pen15. I had started that a while ago. And it kind of like lost me for a little bit. And then I got back into it. And it was awesome. And that's on Hulu too. It's these two women who are like, I don't know, they're probably maybe 30, maybe 30, but they're playing themselves at 13 and in the seventh grade. So they're acting with like, it sounds so stupid, but they're acting with like these teen, preteen actors and they're reliving their junior high days. And it is so incredibly awkward. But if you were a girl, (laughs) I think even a guy, I think guys would appreciate it too. It's so relatable. Like, there's the horrible gaslighter girl that comes in and tries to break up a friendship. We've all had that girl. We either were that girl or we've known that girl. (laughs) So it's just, uh, it's so good. And then the kids and I were watching Making It on Hulu. There's two seasons, but for some reason Hulu only has season two. And it's the one with Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. I don't know. I think it's an NBC show and then now it's on Hulu and I had seen ads for it. Didn't know what it was about. And I don't know if there's any really way to describe it. It's just... All these people are makers. Like one is like a balloon artist. One guy makes costumes. One does puppets. And then they give them a different challenge every week. Hmm. And then like one week they had to like design a mailbox. One week they had like a shed and they had to redo the shed into something completely different. These people had the most incredibly innovative, awesome designs. And the show is just pure joy. There's like no negative. There's no backbiting. Everybody loves everybody. It was just a really happy, fun show to watch. Oh, and I watched so much. I hear it Two more. The framing of Britney Spears thing on Hulu. Oh, yeah. I watched that. It's If you look for the framing of Britney Spears, it won't come up on Hulu because it's a New York Times, like, they have a show and this is like an episode of it. It's like an hour and a half long. Because like one episode of this of this series, like docu-series, is like about OnlyFans. And this one just happened to be about the framing of Britney Spears. And made me rethink everything I've ever thought about Britney Spears and then some. Wait, so it's not a Britney Spears documentary. It's an episode or episodes of this series where they do different stories yeah is that right? it's just oh. it's just one episode but like it's like movie length it's like, i think it's maybe okay. an hour hour and 20 it's not bad and i like i put it on i don't they don't they think the kids are even in and out of the room and they're i don't know if they were even interested but it was all stuff i remembered like hmm. remember the ball the shaving ball and the going crazy oh, that, oh, yeah. i mean oh yeah this poor girl she was just pushed mm. to that in every single way and oh she wasn't crazy she's just normal and then the other one, last thing I've been watching is The Flight Attendant. It's on HBO Max. I really enjoyed the book. So I was kind of looking forward to the series. And the ser- series, I think, is 100 times better even than the book. And I'm only like three episodes in. So it may take a whole shit dive before the end. I don't know. But the first three are pretty good. So watch that one. 
Well, you know, mine will be pretty brief because my children are here all the time and they're up my ass 24-7. But we watched the third Star Trek, and I can't remember if we watched it the last time. No, we had talked about it. You were about to watch the third one. Okay. Yeah, so we watched the third one. That was great. Whatever. They loved it. And then we've kind of run out of the shows that Tweed and I normally watch at night. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give you two options of things that I've watched. And you tell me which (laughs) you want to watch. Number one is a show called The Widow on Amazon Prime. And it stars Kate Beckinsale. And it's great. It, to me, has a very Jack Ryan vibe to it. And then the other option was Warrior Nun on Netflix. (laughs) And so we watched the previews or the trailers or whatever for both of them. And I was like, okay, pick one. And he said, well, The Widow looks great, but it looks like it's, I mean, like a little bit more intense than I'm interested in getting into right now. Let's do Warrior Nun. So we've been watching Warrior Nun. And it is just so ridiculous, but you can't look (laughs) away. And it's been renewed for a second season. I have no idea if they are even filming it and what the timeline looks like for it. But I am very excited for it because it really does end on a cliffhanger. And everything you thought you knew for the whole season, you're like, what? So I'm so interested to see his reaction when we finish it. I can't wait. Yay. You know what I'm really looking forward to that just came out? It's in theaters and just came out on HBO Max yesterday is Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, I I need these kids to get out of my hair so I can watch it already because I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, well, there's one show that I really, really want to watch on Netflix, and it's called Lupin, and it is a French show, and my friend has told me I need to watch it in French with the subtitles, English subtitles, and oh my god, it just looks so freaking good, and I think it's only like maybe five episodes on Netflix, and I just can't get any freaking time to myself to watch it, but that is first on my list when I give five minutes to myself I am watching that show I saw it's up it keeps coming up in my like suggested uh-huh. and I I don't know if I've even really looked at it so I will look at that one. Oh, my co-worker uh Suzanne is like you have got to watch the show you will love it hmm interesting I will look hey Suzanne that. I'm gonna watch it I promise Yay. all right hi everybody welcome to that's so original podcast eight minutes into the episode <laughs> I am Kelly, and I'm here with Tiffany. Hello, Tiffany. Hello. And we are talking about Bridgerton, episode five, The Duke and I, and I don't remember whose turn it is it's to yours. start. It's yours. It's mine? Mm-hmm. Oh, goody. <laughs> oh, goody. So, starting off, my Netflix captions say, nervous panting, because... (laughs) I had that on my too. (laughs) If you remember, we are picking up right after the Ten Dual Commandments, and Daphne has declared that she and the Duke are getting married. So, she's back home. She is stripping out of her filthy nightgown and riding boots while tense music plays. So, she's got to real quick pretend like she's been there all morning slash night. She throws on a new nightgown, jumps back into the bed, pretends to be sleeping, and literally three seconds later, there's a knock at the door. She made it back right in the nick of time. But did she though? But did she though? I mean, well, she left the dirty nightgown in the middle of the floor. Right. As far as I could tell. But, you know, Rose 
Rose ain't gonna question that. Rose is just gonna be like, look, I'm here to maid, and maid I will. Then and why would why Bob even bother jumping in the bed then? Bo- I... This scene bothered the crap out of me. Look, well, I'm not gonna get into the psychopathy of Daphne and the things <laughs> that she does. Okay, so she is there to get Daphne ready for the day, and she's just like, oh, well, is mother awake yet? And yes, she is, and she is hung over as fuck. It is hilarious. That head housekeeper lady is like dabbing her forehead with a washcloth and she is swearing. I did not overindulge. I just didn't sleep well. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. I've tried that one a time or two. Uh, the lady's like, okay, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get some raw eggs and garlic and everything's going to be great. And I was like, oh, pass. If Although- you put them in an omelet. I'm there for it, but I'm not drinking sure, that yeah. shit But wrong. if you put it in a glass, no, take get that out. <laughs> uh, Daphne walks in, and her mom asks her if she feels okay, and hey, maybe <laughs> I caught a little bit of what caused you to leave the party early, because I have a killer headache, and I was like, no, sweetie, that's the champagne. <laughs> and Daphne's like, uh-huh. Anyway, so guess what? I'm engaged, and her mom is like, wow, well... That is wonderful news. <laughs> so you'll be a princess. Hooray. And Daphne says, nope. Actually, I'm engaged to the Duke. He asked. I said, yes. End of story. There is definitely nothing more to that story at all. It's moving on. Let's plan a wedding. Yay. Mama B immediately cured. Cured. Yep, that's what I uh, <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Hangover cured. She is so thrilled. But she's like, well, you don't actually seem very happy about this, so what's the deal? And Daphne says, oh, no, 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 nothing's wrong. Everything's great. It's just that it happened so quickly. I am overjoyed. Can you hear the joy? I am full of it. I am <laughs> overfilled, actually overjoyed. Mama Bee is hugging all over Daphne, and she wants to know everything. And Daphne's like, I am so in love. I do not know how I will possibly wait a month to marry. I'm doing, like, really robotic hand movements (laughs) along. You can't see that. But she says, oh, maybe we could get one of those special licenses and be married this week. And her mom's face immediately is like, uh-huh. Oh, I, 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 I knew there was some more <laughs> to this story. And Daphne starts to say, look, I don't want to lie to you. But her mom interrupts her and she's like, nope, nope. You don't need to tell me anything. Whatever happened, it's totally fine. And she definitely thinks that Daphne and Simon, I don't know if she thinks they've had sex, but she thinks they have fooled around. And she's talking about how society makes such a big deal of these things. And actually, your father and I had trouble controlling our passions. And I was like, if that had been me, I'd been like, la, 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 <laughs> la, 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 don't want to hear. So Wilson, Wilson is her name, the housekeeper. It is. I never comes, realized she had a name. Good for, good she said you. it like right at this second. And I didn't either, but it's Wilson apparently. She comes back in with that egg and garlic drink, but like I said, Mama Bee is cured because there's a wedding to plan in three days. She says, Daphne, you're getting what you always wanted. You're marrying for love. And Daphne's like, yep. Da- yep. Mm-hmm. I have several things to say. One, <laughs> Daphne's eyebrows bother the shit out of me. I don't know what it is about them. They're painted on, but they also look like that she has shaved them off. So she's, like, got that weird alien head where she has no eyebrows, but she has eyebrows. It bothers me. And they're straight across. They're straight across. So like they're, they're painted on. It's so weird. Yep. And if you've seen um, Sarah Paulson's Instagram lately, she did a photo shoot. I don't know if they shaved off her eyebrows, but they did something with her eyebrows and then made her, like, 
platinum blonde and she looks super alien and really cool. The pictures are great, but that's what it reminded me of. Um, (laughs) Such a weird tangent, but here we are. And then um, Daphne's hair, it's so long and frizzy in the morning or when she's in her nightdress. It's like down past her butt. But then when she goes out, it's short. And it's not like that it's pinned up. Like she's wore it in like a low pony and it's just barely over her shoulders. So what's happening here? And why is it so frizzy? Do they have straightening irons back then? What is happening? I bet they use literal irons. Do you know what? I used to literally iron my hair straight. And another thing that I did in high school is after I would wash my hair, I would brush it till it was straight. And then I would wrap it in an ace bandage all the way down so that it would be straight. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't don't know. (laughs) I did none of those things. When I discovered a flat iron, it was the best day. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. There are so many other things in life I would live without. But if you tried to take my flat iron, we are going to have issues. I can't flat iron. My arms get so tired. My hair is too thick and it takes me like three hours and Um, I hate it. My hair used to be very thick, but it is thinned out as I've gotten older and I keep it short. I can flat iron it in less than 10 minutes. Anyway, jealousy. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, hey guys, how do you like the Welcome to our hair podcast. <laughs> anyway, okay, so we are at. Does the queen have a castle? Does she have a thing? Where's she living at? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a castle. Sure. She, we, we're at the queen's house. It's a it's a shack, but she's walking with her, her gaggle <laughs> with her gaggle of pomeranians, and she's talking to her people i don't know her her entourage mm-hmm. about planning the grandest wedding of the year with tulips to fill the great room and the finest silks only the best for miss bridgerton and her nephew meanwhile we get the voiceover from lady whistledown saying modesty is a virtue but this author is hardly a virtuous woman it is my great pleasure to announce something that others doubted but i have always known and in that exact second a butler runs in and hands the latest whistle down to the queen and the queen's like, oh, yay, they're going to report on my latest triumph, getting my nephew married off to Daphne. No, sorry, honey. Mm-hmm. Lady Whistledown says the diamond of the season has finally made her match and is officially engaged to the Duke of Hastings. The prince comes in and is like, hey, guys, what's up? And <laughs> it's so like, womp, womp. Yeah. <laughs> So then we cut to Daphne. As Lady Whistledown says, the bride is probably giddy with the planning of the wedding. And Daphne is barking orders at her maid, saying she will need fittings for her dress and her trousseau. Which, I've always heard that word, and I wanted to look it up because I wasn't sure what it meant. According to Google, it's household linens. So you need to be fitted for that? I'm a size queen bedsheet, just so y'all know. Weird. And then Daphne's hair in the scene is down and much shorter. It makes no sense. I'm just saying. We're back to that. I had a lot of time on my hands watching this episode, apparently. I had a lot of notes. Yeah, okay. Then we get Lady Whistledown again, who's telling us there are two reasons to procure a special license, either true love or scandal. And as we get scandal just as Cowpie and her mom are reading the paper and smile like the cat that's just caught the mouse. Like, oh, we know what this is about. <laughs> so the younger Bridgerton sisters are chasing Daphne around and asking her what it's like to be in love. Eloise says, well. It's like leaping off a cliff and shattering on the ground. I was like, shut up. I know. Shut up. We are so oppressed. We get it. 
And Daphne tells her that she needs to, like, shut the heck up because she is setting the standard for Eloise's future matches and she should be grateful. And Eloise is like, I'm only grateful that I'm not you. I used to like her. I don't like her anymore. And then, uh uh-oh, the prince has come a-calling. Here he is. This is going to get real awkward real quick. And I was like, he probably wants that broken-ass necklace back. I hope you got some glue (laughs) because he's going to want it. But Daphne apologizes to him, and and he is actually really cool. He says, no problem. He doesn't say no problem. He says fancy words for no problem. Right. And he says, no promises were made, but I thought when we talked about her future, that kind of meant you were into me. And she's like, yeah, no. No, I just talked like that to everybody. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, no, wait. Is this engagement of your free will? You know, if the Duke is forcing your hand and I still have a shot, I will put down the royal (laughs) hand of God on his ass. And she says, no, no, uh, actually, I'm kind of forcing him. It's not weird. Not weird at all. And she's like, um, love is the greatest force of all. Once the Duke and I realized we were really into each other, nothing could stand between us. Not even the intentions of a good and kind man like you. And the prince, to his credit, bows out gracefully and wishes her the best. He's a class act. He just, he's done. Hyacinth, the younger Bridgerton, has been watching this whole exchange. And she's like, wow. I hope the Duke's proposal was half as romantic as what just happened here. And I was like, oh, mm. womp womp. <laughs> it's a lot of womp <laughs> womp this episode. I was like, oh, Friedrich is such a good guy. I was like, I'll marry you, Friedrich. I know, right? And then he's going to be, at least he's not going to be stuck with Calpie. I guess it could be worse for him. Yeah. Oh, that's, can you imagine? No. So we're on the promenade now. And Daphne, Mama B, Lady D, they're all hanging out. And Lady D, I love her. She's yeah. like, TikTok, it's 10 o'clock. Where is he? <laughs> Finally, Simon walks up. He's sauntering, maybe some might say stumbling, really. And Lady D says, well, do not make haste on our account. And I just love her so much. <laughs> Mama B is like, congrats. I'm so excited. You're going to be part of the family. And Simon's like, yep. Me too. And Lady D gets real close to him and says, did you bring the bar with you, boy? (laughs) Because you can tell that he has been hitting it pretty hard at least the night before, or I guess actually probably since the Ten Dual Commandments. Yeah, because this is the same day. It's just that afternoon. Yeah, Yeah, I'm telling you, the days here. Holy shit, they drag on. Daphne breaks the tension. She's like, hey, let's get this promenade going. So she and Simon start awkwardly walking down the gravel path together while the ladies the older ladies follow behind and they start to talk at the same time but then they stop and Daphne's like oh sorry I was just gonna say that uh you should try raw eggs and garlic I've heard it can help if you've overindulged anyway what were you gonna say he says oh I can't remember she says Simon look at me and I guess she's getting ready to say something really deep but before she can people start coming up to them and congratulating them and some ladies like you'll make a beautiful family and Daphne just says oh thank you we're so happy and she reaches over to try to hold his hand but he yanks it away and everyone notices this is so awkward and Mama B is like oh there's just the nerves of new love but Lady Danbury is very suspicious So we quickly see a scene with Anthony knocking on Sienna's door and the dressmaker lady, Madame Delacroix. What is her first name? Genevieve? Maybe. I just called her the dressmaker because I couldn't remember and I didn't bother to look. I think it's Genevieve. I think that sounds right. 
he wants to see her. He can tell her that he's going to provide for her, he promises. And Delacroix says, you're too late. Sienna has left town. She doesn't need you or your money. And he wants to know where she is. But she just says, leave her alone and slams the door in his face. And someone pointed out to us in the last episode that Madame Delacroix puts on an accent from time to time. And I noticed it during this episode. There were a few scenes where it was practically non-existent, but definitely at the dress shop. It's like her persona at the dress shop. Yeah, my friend Mama B sent me a message Mm -hmm. saying, hey, she's not very Frenchy in a couple of these scenes. (laughs) I hadn't noticed it until she pointed it out. So, yep. I hadn't either. So, we're at the Feather House. Mama Feather storms into the little drawing room where the girls are gathered and runs up to the dad and says, hey, the dressmaker lady, which we just, I don't know, whatever frick her name is, is is refusing to give the housekeeper the girls' dresses until the last few months' bills are paid. Dad's like, eh, it's all right. They got lots of dresses. They can wear them all again. And I was like, true, sweetheart. They really Mm -hmm. can. It is. And she says, well, maybe you should go without your tobacco and takes his pipe, which I thought was really funny. And then Butler comes in and says, hey, Colin, Bridgerton is here for Marina. So Colin comes in and he brings her flowers and she's like, oh, thank you. He says, you always act so surprised when I give you flowers. So maybe next time I'll bring you a bushel of tomatoes. And Penelope is watching all this like she's going to puke. And she's like, oh, well, Marina hates tomatoes. And she's like, no, I I like them. They're fine. I would love to get a bushel of tomatoes. (laughs) Penelope says, well, maybe you can bring her back a tomato plant from Greece when you return from your travels this year. And he's like, well... I'm not sure if I'm traveling anymore. And she's like, but you were so keen to travel. And he's like, well, maybe there's things in London I might miss if I were to travel. So Penn is getting nowhere with this plan. So she immediately runs to her mother and says, Mama, he is young and not in a hurry to marry. So this whole plan you guys got going, it's not going to work. Marina is just wasting her time with him. Penelope is jealous as all get out. And Mm -hmm. I feel for her. So back in the Bridgerton kitchen, this is such an odd scene, but the main housekeeper, Willis, is that what you said? Wilson. Wilson. I was like, what you talking about, Willis? Obviously, like, what are you talking about, Willis? I'm thinking it must be a last. Oh, yeah. It's probably Miss Wilson or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the housekeeper is giving Daphne's maid, Rose, tips on how to ease her arrival into the Duke's house. She's like, you know, she's not going to know the staff there. So you will need to be there to bridge that gap between them and her. And her happiness is your greatest concern. They're getting ready for the wedding. So people ask, what kind of flowers does she want? Lilies or whatever the heck they offer. And she's like, uh, and they're like, okay, well, how does the cake, they want the cake soaked. Do they want it in brandy? And she's like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Then they asked if they wanted tongue with their eggs or not for the breakfast. The, uh, uh, and Rose is like, um, you know what? I'm going to have to ask her. Wilson says, you are the future Duchess's lady's maid. You need to know these things. You can't just ask. You need to know this without even having to bother her kind of thing. And God, Rose. Rose is like, I did not sign up for this. This was like my 25 <laughs> cents a year job and yes. crap. <laughs> Poor Rose. I know. So we're at the dress shop now with Daphne and Mama B and Delacroix. I'm going to say it like that every time and I don't care if it drives everyone crazy. And they're making last minute alterations to her gown and her mom says, oh, she'll also need some new nightgowns. And Daphne's like, why would I need new nightgowns? I have plenty. And the dressmaker says, oh no, sweetie, they aren't for you. They're for your husband. What else do you think a honeymoon is for? 
Oh, fun. And in walks Cowpie and her mom. And Cowpie says, oh, hey, great to see you. I sure hope your wedding dress will be ready in time, you know, since you're trying to do this so quickly because of all that scandal. And Daphne asks her mom, see how I can't say that word, (laughs) if she can have a minute alone with Cressida to get her opinion on some fabrics. Yes, that's it, Mm -hmm. fabric. So Daphne and Cressida go to this other room and she's pulling out some fabrics like, what about this one? What about this one? And Cressida says, oh, yeah, I mean, you'll probably need that fur one since you like going outside so much, you know, like in the garden where he saw you alone with the Duke. Daphne says, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even remember leaving the ballroom, but I think it would have been hard to see anything in the gardens at night unless you were out in them yourself. And Cressida says she was watching them from the terrace. I'm like, okay, creeper, creeperson. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on to say how she knows Daphne flirted with the prince to make the Duke jealous and lured him out into the garden to trap him into marrying her. And Daphne says, cool story, but you should actually watch your words more carefully because in a few days, I'm going to be a duchess and (laughs) you're still going to be you, unmarried and untitled. I was like, ooh, burn. words. Yeah, so you can either be a duchess's friend or her enemy. Choose wisely, bitch. And Cressida says, yeah, well, we'll see about that. We'll see if you can actually get him down the aisle. And then she scampers off. Back at the Queen's, she is fabulous. She looks great. And she's reading the latest Lady Whistledown as the Prince Frederick comes, Friedrich comes in and says he's leaving and returning home. And she's like, uh, aren't you going to fight for Daphne? You're a prince, and Simon is only a duke. Like, weigh this out. You've got way more clout here. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have no interest in using my title to win a girl. I am happy for them. Everyone is happy for them. And I was like, oh, good for you, Friedrich. I know. The only dude in this show with some class. Thank you. The butler comes in, and he says, it's the king. And she's like, oh, is he dead? And he says, no, he's lucid. So she just kind of waves him away. She's like, ugh. I know. She's like, oh, well, just that. (laughs) That comes and goes. So uh, the queen tells Friedrich to go, but she does not accept defeat so easily. So we know the queen's got some stuff up her sleeve. So we cut to Antony. (laughs) Antony. He's at the church waiting to see the archbishop, and Simon is there, and Anthony wants to discuss Daphne's dowry. And Simon's like, you know what? I'm not going to accept any payment to marry your sister. It's an insulting custom. And I was like, damn right it is. Yes. And he tells him, you know what? If you're so dead on money for this wedding, he's like, place the money in trust, but know that I will always take care of her. And Anthony says, I'm sorry. I misjudged you. Also kind of sorry for shooting at you. (laughs) No biggie because I missed. And Simon's like, it's cool. You've always been a terrible shot. (laughs) Thanks, Burr. And then the archbishop comes in. He's like, hey, guess what, guys? Little problem. I cannot grant you this special license. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Oh. Sorry. Back at the Bridgertons, Anthony has come home and told Daphne, obviously, that the special license has been denied. And Daphne is distraught. So we're assuming the queen has done this. And Daphne says, well, waiting to marry is a problem because that just gives Cowpie and Whistledown time to discover what happened in that garden. And Lady Danbury is there, or arrives, and they have to tell her that the license was denied. And Lady D says, it's not the Archbishop, it's the Queen. She's mad at Daphne, or she's bored. But either way, it does not bode well for Daphne's social future or any of the Bridgertons. Because if the Queen is pissed off at you, none of those girls are going to get good matches, ever. And Lady Danbury says, you know what we have to do? We have to give the Queen what she wants, which is attention. 
So they need to go before her themselves and make a personal appeal to get the special license. And Lady Danbury tells them the queen will not respond to begging. And don't you dare lie because she's going to smell out a lie in a minute. Tell her you are in love and you have to mean it. And then she looks at Simon. She's like, you can do that, right? And Simon's like, uh, I, I guess so. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. And then she says, uh, great, what's for dinner? Oh, <laughs> I miss that part. <laughs> I love her. Because <laughs> she came for the food, just like Mama B. That's why they get along so well. So now we're with Benedict walking to Henry's house in the rain again. That's I was what like, I said. I was like, it's only something? rains on the way to his house. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe it's some kind of symbolism I don't understand. Anyway, my captions say muffled revelry. And that is my drag name. And <laughs> Henry answers the door. He's so glad Benedict came. But he's way too busy to show him around. So just come in. I got to go be a good host. There are tons of scantily clad women here. Benedict walks by all of them. He walks by a room with a nude male model and before he can walk into that room he's stopped by a woman and it's Genevieve Delacroix and he's like have we met she says no we don't need to I know you're a Bridgerton which is not really that impressive to her because her idea of a Bridgerton is Antony right. who's an asshole she thinks he should go home to his brother and he says well I'm receiving far too warm a welcome here so now Benedict and this woman are grunting and making out on stairs and I'm like I think we may have misjudged Benedict nope. a, l- a little bit we didn't. you don't think Mm-mm. so okay so, <laughs> Benedict opens the bedroom door because he's trying to find an empty one for him and this girl. And he finds Henry and some guy going at mm-hmm. it. And he, mm-hmm. he's not appalled. He's just like, mm-hmm. all right, well, that's, have fun. We'll see you later. That's what it is right there. That's your clue right there. <laughs> Genevieve calls Benedict over to where she's been sitting with some other girl. And now he's making out with both of them. And I'm like, well, this is a party. You guys, screw all those balls. No wonder the Bridgerton guys don't want to go to that lame shit. There's a lot of balls getting screwed at this party, so I'm just saying. Yes, a little (laughs) bit. Uh Uh, Yeah. So now we see Simon, and he's drunk and singing on the sidewalk, as one does when they are kicked out of the bar. And somehow Will finds him. He just happens to walk by. Will looks damn fine in Mm -hmm. the scene, I just have to say. He is wearing... Uh, I'm not going to go into it because we'll go off on another tangent. Just know that Will looks great. Anyway, so Simon has been kicked out of this bar. It was called The Horse and the Hop on the side. No, I missed that. Like, good That's for you. pretty good name. Will is like, okay, is marrying this girl really so bad that you have to get shit-faced and then thrown out of a bar? I know you care for her. I have two eyes. Simon says, feelings don't matter. In fact, they are why I'm in this mess. And now she has to fight for a wedding she doesn't even want. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm clear on what the issue is. Because they both think the other one right. is being pushed into a marriage they don't want. Right. Just sit and talk for five fucking seconds. Simon yells someone to play the one about the trapped wife. And Will's like, okay, it, it's time to go, big guy. It's a little bit little much. Guy. Calm it down. I know. God. <laughs> she loves you. You love her. She's At least you're infatuated with each other. You're into each other. Like, you both want to bang. I mean, that's about mm-hmm. all. It's, it, it, that's I mean, true. you don't even really know each other. So we are back at the Feathertons. We are in Marina's room. And Mama F comes in. And hey, by the way, I've invited old dude to dinner on Saturday, so Marina has until then to muster the enthusiasm needed for his proposal. 
Marina says, well, I could have until Judgment Day and still not manage a smile to be in the same room with that guy. Sorry, not gonna happen. Mama F says, I found a man who can overlook your circumstance and offer you security. You should be grateful. And she's like, is this about the Bridgerton boy? And Marina says, well, he likes me and I'm sure he will propose. Here's the thing. He has two older brothers who are still avoiding getting married. It's not going to happen. Marina is a conniving little shit. She's like, I want to repay the kindness you've shown me. If I marry Colin, you'll be connected to a very powerful family. Think of what it could do for your girls. We know where Mama F's heart lies. Mm -hmm. And she's like, give me until Saturday to convince Colin to marry me. And if that doesn't happen, I will marry the old dude with a smile. Mama says, you are six months away from having a baby. Even if Colin proposed tomorrow, the wedding wouldn't be for weeks. Marina says, that's assuming that we wait until the wedding day to consummate the union. I was like, oh, you tricky little bitch. Uh Mama says, oh, you're going to seduce him? Huh. I could get behind this. Yeah, this this, this, this like, might what? work. And Penel- Penelope is outside the door listening and hating every minute of it. And Mama's like, you know what? Why don't you give it a shot? And we'll see how it goes. You, you do it, you know. See if you can get him in bed before Saturday and we'll, we'll talk it over. So we are back at the Queen's. Oh, I love the Queen. I love doing her little scene. Um, this it, scene was so sad. It was really sad. The, she is sitting down to dinner with the King. And like they said, he is lucid. And he calls her Lottie, which I thought was really sweet. They're having dinner and he asks about George. She says, yeah, George is getting plumper by the day. And I don't know who George is. Is that their son? Like This is George the Third, who is the crazy King George that everybody talks about. The one in Hamilton, oh. too. And so he's asking about his son, who is also George. And then, like, in a little while, he'll mention Amelia. And that was Princess Amelia, who also was a child of King George the Third, who actually did pass away. So there you go. That's who this is. That's who George is. Bada bing, bada boom. Continue. Well, that makes sense. You're so smart. But anyway, she says, yes, he gets plumper by the day. She tells him, my king, your subjects have missed you. I miss you. And he says, you know, I was just thinking about the bluebells at the garden. Do you remember? And she says, yes, you filled the pasture with kangaroos. And I was like, that's such a random thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) And he asked her, and he's like, so how are the gardens? She's like, they're in full bloom. We should go for a walk later. And he says, yes. And how is Emily? You know, you need to bring her to me. And the queen is totally put off. She says, Amelia was ill several years ago. And he says, no, no, no. She came to my room the other night. And the queen says, no, she's gone. She's, you know, passed away. She's sick and she died. The king is immediately distraught. What have you done? What have you done to my child? And he's screaming, she killed my child. She killed my child. And they drag him away. Mm -hmm. So every time he becomes lucid, he has to lose her all over again, which, it kills me. I know. I know. Oh, God. I was like. She, so many people's lives on this show are just tragic. Really? Just really? Uh, and then Daphne with all her problems. <laughs> I know. Like, grow up, Daphne. <laughs> so she's thrashing around in the bed again. I can't sleep. And she goes walking outside in the middle of the night. Sure. Rose finds her because she's walking around in the middle of the night outside. <laughs> she says, if you're worried about the wedding, no need to be. I'm taking care of everything because that Wilson lady told me I had to. And Daphne says, I know you're not who I worry about. Obviously, she's worried about the Duke. I don't think he really wants to marry me. And Rose says, I'm sure all men have those thoughts right before the wedding. I know he'll be a good husband and a good father. 
Daphne says, well, actually, he can't have children. I don't exactly understand why, but I know it causes him pain. And Rose says, oh, hey, I have an aunt who's been married for 10 years and they don't have children and they're still happy. And Daphne says, yeah, well, I bet they love each other. So, and Rose is probably so confused. And she just leaves Daphne to walk around in the garden. Barefoot. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Quick cut over to Will's house. Will has a gaggle of children. And one of his many children is in Simon's face telling him how he smells bad because, you know, he did get kicked out of a bar like three hours ago. I think the Duke needs some raw eggs and garlic, but he's getting charcoal. Charcoal. Oh, okay. Take three. And go. He's getting charcoal. Oh, my God. <laughs> charcoal. Uh-uh. Char. Tell me, just say it and you'll just put it in. <laughs> okay, can you say it for me? Charcoal. And oil. Okay, thanks. But it's at least presented to him in the form of like a meal and fish. It's not a disgusting drink. So I was like, okay, that's doable. Simon says, okay, if I have to get married, I'd like you two to be there. And Alice is like, if. And she asks if Simon knows about Will's idea to seek more investors for a series of matches. And she's like, oh, P.S., maybe you and your future brother-in-law would be interested in investing. And I was like, this one's this one's savvy. I love like her. her. I love her. And she and Will have such a fun and loving relationship. Mm-hmm. And Simon's just smiling at them because they're, like, teasing each other in the kitchen. And it's just, it's really cute. Did you notice where he woke up at, where that kid was, like, in his face at? He was in the biggest baby crib I've ever seen. It was hilarious. It was a really pretty baby crib, too, but anyways. God, how did I miss that? It was a straight-up crib, so whatever. That's probably why the kid's like, why are you in my bed? Get out. (laughs) Seriously. So we are back at the Queen's. Hey, I gotta go to the Queen thing. If we're back at the Queen's and everyone is holding a Pomeranian, there's, like, eight ladies and they're all holding a Pomeranian. (laughs) I don't know what's happening here, but... Lady Danbury, Mama B, Simon, and Daphne are standing before the queen. I love that the queen turns to Lady Danbury and says, is that the lowest you can bow? <laughs> and Lady Danbury says, with these knees, yes. This is all you're getting. I can I can give you a nice little at the waist, but that's about it. <laughs> Sorry. So I, they, I love that she can give it to the queen. And the queen's like, yeah, what else? Yeah. <laughs> so the queen asks Daphne and Simon to come forward. And she says, I heard a rumor that the special use license you seek to marry has been denied. It's so weird. I'm not sure what you think I can do about it. But, you know, you're welcome to plead your case. And Daphne tells her there's nothing bad has occurred. We just really love each other. And the queen sighs because she's read the bullshit all over Daphne's face. <laughs> Daphne says, I was flattered by the prince's attention, but I just couldn't ignore my affection for the Duke. It was love at first sight. And Simon's like, yeah, no, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Sorry. And he's like, you know, the young lady flatters me, your majesty, whatever they call her, your grace. I don't know what they call her. I can't remember. I remember. He says, it wasn't love at first sight for either of us. He says, it was attraction on my part. You know, I thought she was, she was cute. She found me presumptuous, arrogant, and insincere. And I thought she was a prim young lady barely out of leading strings, plus the sister of my best friend. So I wasn't thinking about romance. I mean, there was too many other things. And he says, but when we took the romance out, we found friendship. And here's the thing. Ha, we fooled you all. We got you all to think we were courting when really we simply just enjoyed each other's company and we couldn't stay away from each other. He's like, I've never enjoyed flirting, chatting, or even talking to women at all. I'd rather just bang them and leave. (laughs) But with Daphne, conversation has always been really easy. Her laughter brings me joy. 
to meet a beautiful woman is one thing, but to meet your best friend in the most beautiful woman is something entirely different, which I thought was really sweet. Mm -hmm. It says, it took the prince coming along to realize that I didn't just want to be her friend. I wanted her to be my wife. And when he says, I want her to be my wife, Daphne is like, (gasps) at all of this. Like, this is the greatest story ever. How did he just come up with this on the fly? Mm -hmm. And he says, I plead with you not to make us wait. And Daphne goes like, Simon, what? Mama B is about to fall. I know. She's like, I need me some garlic and eggs. (laughs) And the queen says, you are wise to understand friendship to be the best foundation a marriage can have. And I was like, oh, that's about her and the king. Mm Mm-hmm. It's even if that foundation could crumble as quickly as it's built. And she says, Daphne, I offer you the choice. Do you wish to marry this man? Cut to? Cut to the church. We don't get her answer, (laughs) but I'm assuming it was yes. Because everybody is there. And I I was thinking, is this the same day? Was she like, okay, you want to get married soon? Let's do it right now. You ready to go? But nobody's even there. It's just the Bridgertons and then Will and Alice. Yeah, and but then at the reception, There's everybody. Was the like, whole it was town a lovely there. ceremony. Yeah. yeah, it was. I'm confused. Yeah. Anyway, one thing I just have to say too that the queen has the most fabulous wigs mm-hmm. ever. They are incredible. The wig anyway, budget okay. on this show is uh-huh. insane for days. So we're at the church, and Daphne walks in, escorted by Antony, and Simon's at the front. He turns around. I have to say that I thought Daphne looked very beautiful here. Her gown is gorgeous. She's very Disney princess. Very Disney she princess. She totally was. Dramatic choral music plays. None of them, excuse me, none of them, like there's like 15 up there getting married. Neither one of them really look very happy. Mm-mm. Daphne actually looks like she's getting ready to cry. And Simon and looks like he's going to puke. <laughs> Yeah. He pulls the white glove off her arm just like he did in that dream. Mm-hmm. And he puts a ring on her finger. I now pronounce you man and wife. Now let's eat. So everybody who's anybody is at this reception. Daphne is trying to make her way over to Simon when Cowpie jumps in front of her. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's got less <laughs> a little scary to congratulate her, you know, since that we're BFS now and all. And maybe you can repay my kindness for keeping secrets one day. And Penelope and Marina are standing together and Penelope's like what about him what about that guy what about that guy and Marina is so confused she's like I don't have time to find a new man where's Colin we need to focus on Colin and Penelope says look you can choose anyone but him he's my friend and I don't want him tricked into a lifelong commitment also I love him you can't (laughs) do this to a good man and Marina says okay so I should entrap a bad man do you think I should spend my life with a man who treats me like a beast a valid point Marina She says, I will be a good wife to Colin. Mama Feather comes over to deliver the bad news to Marina. It's the worst news ever. Lord Rutledge is no longer available. And I said, he can't possibly have found another woman. He must have died. And I'm like, oh, snap. He's engaged. Just kidding. Marina can hardly contain her elation. Mama Feather says, so I hope whatever your plan with Colin is works. Marina sees him in the crowd and the face she makes, you just have to see it. If you could find a still or just go back and watch this one little part because she purses her lips like, watch this bitch. And she goes over to him. <laughs> Eloise is walking around with her stupid little notebook and her stupid little quill trying to be the whistle down Columbo. And she bumps into <laughs> Penelope and they, they don't really speak because they're mad at each other. Uh, Penelope sees Marina tell Colin that she's feeling faint. Do you know of a more private place where I can catch my breath? And he takes her by the arm and leads her out of the ballroom. And she is sneaky and I'm kind of here for it. So they go into like an office study den 
area. He says, this is a little more private. And she's like, not with the door open. It isn't. So he shuts the door. And she's like, yeah, we should not be alone in here. And she comes up really close to him and he is so nervous. And she like leans in to kiss him and he's like, nope, 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 nope. You're a lady and I must obtain your honor no matter how tempting. And she's like, you're right. You are a gentleman. He's like, yeah. So why don't you marry me? And then we can like kiss all the time. (laughs) And she's like, oh, really? Awesome. Let's do this. Let's totally get married. And he's well, great. We can marry by the end of the season. And she's like, yeah, no, 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 no. We need to do this now. We, the clock is ticking. It's already past time. He's like, you know what? We'll talk about it later. Let's not tell anyone. This is my sister's day. And I was like, thank you, Colin. Don't be one of those Mm -hmm, people that proposes at somebody else's wedding because that's bullshit. Don't do that. It's dumb. Anyway, (laughs) it's my thoughts on that. It is. It's rude. Don't do that. I think it's rude. So the queen is at their reception because the queen's got nothing better to do than just to hang out with the Bridgertons, apparently. So she comes up to Daphne and says she hopes she made the right choice. And if if anything, at least you're going to enjoy your wedding night. And Daphne's like, wait, what? What, What's happening? (laughs) Oh, I, uh, what? So Eloise is over with Lady D and she's confronting her about being whistled down. And she's like, yeah, I guess not. You're Lady Whistledown. And Lady D says, I'm flattered, but no, it's not me. Sorry. And the queen is listening to all of this and she's like, wait, little girl, you believe Whistledown is Danbury? What evidence have you gathered? Tell me what you know. And just like pounces on Eloise. And I was like, Eloise and the queen together would be the sitcom I would watch. Like, the- <laughs> it's Eloise and the queen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she's like, oh, my God, the queen is talking to me. What do I... uh, I, uh." (laughs) Yeah. So now we're with Benedict and Henry, who are also obviously at the reception. And Henry says, so about the other night. And Benedict's like, what other night? I don't remember anything happening the other night. And Henry says, oh, oh, okay, great. Oh, dearest, I believe you know Mr. Bridgerton. And he introduces his wife, Lucy, to Benedict. And Benedict is like, he has his drink and he's like, look, look, oh, hi. Yeah, I have definitely never met you before or had a threesome with you and the dressmaker lady like last night or whenever the heck that was because this is the other girl that Genevieve brought him over Mm -hmm. to. So they must have like a little open relationship here back in the 1800s. You, you go, Henry. He loves who he loves. So Daphne's at the food table. And Anthony comes up to her, and for some reason, this is when he chooses to tell her that the Duke has refused her dowry. And she's like, wow, is this you trying to make me feel better? And he's like, no, 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 he refused it so that the money could go into a trust for you and maybe for your children, because I'm sure you're going to have a ton of them. And she starts to freak out and excuses herself and runs upstairs to her room to have her little freak out. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I had my notes that, she, that Daphne eats a grape in the saddest way possible. <laughs> it's like, I've never seen somebody eat a grape sad. Like So dejected. I, know. I was like, grapes make me happy. I don't know. <laughs> so Daphne is in her room, which, you know, it's the room that she'll never sleep in again. It's her baby room. And her mom comes in to check out her and she's like, so many memories in this house and you're going to make new ones with your husband. It's okay. So she sits down. She's like, listen, we need to talk. I know you're nervous. I want to tell you that on my wedding day, I kept asking them to bring out more and more food because I thought if everybody kept eating, the party would keep going and then I wouldn't have to have my wedding night because I was terrified. 
She's like, so it's okay to be nervous about your wedding night. And she's like, I know the Duke and you did something. <laughs> you guys did something. <laughs> and you may know some things already. And Daphne's like, I know that. I know nope. nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> like, what, what? Tell me everything. And Mama says, well, there's things that are going to happen between you and your husband. You're going to have to perform a marital act. And Daphne's like, like in front of people? <laughs> is there a dummy? Like, like is this a show? Is this a magic or... act? I'm so confused. Should I call Matt? I need to know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and Daphne's like, if it is this difficult to discuss, it's got to be super hard to perform. And I don't think I'm up for it. And Mama says, no, it's the most natural thing. And Mom is, these people are women. This women in this society. Uh-huh. And she's like, do you remember the two hounds we had in the country when you were younger? No one explained sex to them, but there were puppies. And Daphne says, so this act, it's performed to have children? And Mom's like, yes, exactly. And she's like, what if the Duke and I can't have children? Do we, like, still need to do it? Because, I mean, I think I found my out. Like, I think we're good. (laughs) Mom says, um, no. Nothing else matters if you're in love. All of a sudden, there's a knock at the door, and it's Rose. And she's like, oh, they're bringing the carriages around. And Daphne's like, fuck. I gotta go fuck. I don't know. <laughs> so they are outside and Daphne is saying goodbye to all of her siblings, which I thought was really sweet. And she tells Eloise, you get to have my room. And Eloise is like, cool, that's awesome. That's the only good thing coming out of this. I was like, has she been sharing a room with Hyacinth in that giant house? Well, like young kids back then used to have like a nursery up until a certain age. Mm, and then they would okay. go and have their own room because I'm sure Daphne hasn't had her own room for very long Daphne tells Eloise that I'm sure you will make the room your own just like you will make your own way in the world and Eloise is like oh thanks I'm still very impressed it still very sucks okay (laughs) so Daphne hugs her mother goodbye and tells her she'll write and I was like don't they just live around the corner like what (laughs) I'll write you when I get there you'll get it next week when I come to visit it's an awkward system but we get by I don't know where they. Live, I don't know but, where um, they're going. I have no. I don't know where they're never going. Never been mentioned. No. So Simon and Daphne are in his carriage. They look like they're headed to a funeral. And Simon says they will reach the end before nightfall. His home is too far to go in one day, and it's not safe to travel after dark. I'm like, what happens after dark? They steal know. the tires off your buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's like buggies all around <laughs> all the of them blocks. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, so we're spending our wedding night at an inn. Great. So they ride forever, and I'm like, they have to be pretty close to the Duke's house, but whatever. They're at the inn, and they're shown to their rooms. Yes, rooms, plural. Because Simon requested a separate room, and Daphne is upset about it, and she's pacing around her room, and Simon's in his room, and he's pacing around his room. She finally decides to go to his room. She opens the door, and he's there. Not to kiss her passionately, but to tell her they should probably go down to dinner. And she's like, okay. She starts crying and pacing around. He's like, are you not hungry? Because the f- food is I can always pretty eat. good. Yeah, I mean, I could eat. And she screams, I don't want to go to dinner. I ate a grape so- today, goddammit. <laughs> really, really dejectedly. Okay. <laughs> so I made it last. It was like several bites. But she says, for the past three days, I've just wanted to be alone with you and talk to you. And you have been a voice. Me, he says, I have just been allowing you your liberty. And she says, You've hardly said a word to me. And he says, To keep myself from saying the wrong things. 
She says, you've hardly looked me in the eye. He says, because I can't bear to see the misery I've caused you. And she says, I'm the one who trapped you in this marriage. He's like, I trapped you. Like, this is a conversation that should have happened. Like, forever ago. A few days ago. He says, I haven't been able to talk to you or be alone with you because I knew you wanted nothing to do with me. And I understand why you wouldn't. You wanted a life with children, a family. You wanted a love match. But everything I said to the queen was true. I can't stop thinking of you. I am yours, Daphne. I've always been yours. I said I wanted a declaration of love, but it really, it didn't do much for me. It fell flat. It fell very flat. Mm. She says, I don't understand. He's like, I really don't know how to make it more clear. She says, well, don't get angry about it. He's like, I'm not angry. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, they just met. And they're having arguments that like me and my husband of 15 (laughs) years have. She says, you're flushed. And he says, yeah, well, that's what happens when you burn for someone who doesn't feel the same. She's like, you burn for me? Why? And he says, why do you think I followed you into that garden? She says, why do you think I went into that garden? If you had looked at me for more than two seconds this week, you would have seen that I burned for you. They both need a, like, a shot. <laughs> they got syphilis. I don't know. Yeah, that burning sensation, that should be your first hint that there is a problem. <laughs> Soft romantic music plays, and I'm like, someone get me a vomit bucket. And they uh, they kiss, and he's kissing her neck, and he asks if she wants him to stop, and I was like, I love the consent. Mm-hmm. Let's put a pin in that for later. She says no, and he unbuttons her dress, and it's all supposed to be very sexy, and he's taking off his clothes, and we see his butt, which is a very nice butt, and there's a lot of Simon butt. He wants to know what she thought about when she was touching herself, and she admits thinking about him, and that sets him off, and they both orgasm, and he pulls out real quick, because we ain't making any babies around here, and he's like, you okay? You're you're good? And she's like, I feel great. And that's the end. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like old-fashioned time, where they asking each other, like, what they thought about when they touched themselves, and like, I don't know. I read an article. I don't don't remember what prompted me to read an article to know anything further about this show. But they were talking about the sex scene and about how they really tried to focus on not making it trashy. The camera, if you notice, focuses on her face a lot and her reaction to things. It's not just like showing him pounding her although it does a a little bit but how it was supposed to be like about her experience in the act of having sex I, I don't know it was like a decision the director made to make it more about her experience than about the experience itself if that makes sense but I've also heard some stuff about future sex scenes that I'm sure we will discuss when we get to them I was reading that the Shondaland people, the Bridgerton people, all the people removed all these scenes from like the porn sites because they don't want these two young actors to be seen that way. And I'm like, but they are seen that way. I mean, it's like softcore porn, seriously. So you can't search for them in any of those sites, apparently, because they've taken them all off of there. Well, I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not like you can't just get on Netflix and watch right. it. Right. I, it, I really didn't think that it was overly gratuitous. I really didn't. This one, this episode. No, this yeah. one. Yeah, I have not watched ahead this time, but I have read about uh, another sex scene that I'm very interested to discuss with you <laughs> <laughs> at a later point. Yeah, I love when he took his pants off and she was like, "What?" 
I know. Her <laughs> face was like, wow, I never knew. I never knew that was there. So, okay, if you would like to tell us what you thought of this sex scene, you could do it. Where could they do it? I mean, they could do it they could in their own privacy of their own home. But where could they tell us what they thought of it? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. You can go on Twitter to That's So Pod. Be something other than me. I don't ever get on Twitter. So go on there. Freaking tweet me, people. Yeah, I haven't Gosh, been on Twitter in months. Just say hi. Yeah. Or you can email us directly at that so original podcast at gmail.com you can like us and review us on itunes or you can go to our website that's original podcast what did i say no dot com, dot com. but did i say yeah. the gmail right yeah you did okay Whew. i was like did. Did I, did how many it. times did i say dot com you did it i would have interrupted you and told you were wrong i was like that's original podcast.com at gmail.com is that what i just said <laughs> there's so many dot coms you said the right thing that's so original i mean that's all you need to know yeah because it's God. it's so original God. it is it's super original it actually is so let us know did you think this was an interesting sex scene let us know what you think about benedict where do you think he's fallen on that kinsey scale because <laughs> i'm interested to know um yeah i think you're right i think he's just uh whoever's available i think henry is i don't benedict i think is intrigued by henry i think that's the thing do you think benedict slept around before this is do you think he's like no like with girls do you think he's done this before is he an anthony type no i don't i don't see him like as an anthony type but i don't think that he is like new to the field i think he has fooled around with girls before yeah but I think he's intrigued by Henry. And the whole Henry with a guy thing was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we can do that. Didn't know we can do that. Yeah. All right. I'm into okay. it. Huh? Yeah. Let's look mm-hmm. into that. That's true. Okay. Maybe he, that option had never really presented itself. But then the whole thing with Eloise is can't live who you want to be. Is he talking about being an artist or is he talking about like being with a guy? Did we just read way more into that than we should? Have? I don't even That's know. That's so at this unlike point. us. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> what do you think of Daphne's hair? <laughs> <laughs> or the queen's wigs? I mean, there are so many things you could talk to us about. Daphne's weird talk alien eyebrows. You. Come uh, on. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This poor actress. I haven't looked her up in real life. Is she beautiful <laughs> in real life? Because on this show, she's bothersome. I don't know. She's okay. She doesn't look like. To me, I don't think she looks like this character. Who I really couldn't put the two together was Penelope and the girl who plays Penelope. Holy cow. I mean, Penelope is very pretty on the show, but she is gorgeous. This actress is stunning. I've seen her. She's in that show Dairy Girls, too. And I had seen her on that. Oh, so yeah. I'll say that all the Bridgerton guys are way more attractive, like in their IMDb pictures <laughs> the weird sideburn thing that anthony has going on is just it disturbs me. i think out of all the bridgerton guys i think he's the most attractive i don't benedict does oh, nothing really? for I me think Col- i think colin's cute benedict is actually really cute in real life oh, he's probably in real life he probably the one because like anthony's too skinny and i like darker hair guys you gotta look up benedict in real life he's pretty he hot. probably is but Col- i think colin's colin cute. looks like he's 12 and that's not my thing so yes i know that's why i said he was cute <laughs> <laughs> he is precious a little farm boy all right everybody well we will talk to you from speakers <laughs> that are somewhere in your general vicinity your general shut up vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst bye bye, bye.
Hold on. Hold on a second. Quit banging on the stairs! <laughs> okay. Please put that in the <laughs> gag reel. The stairs are right by my freaking closet, and I told, <coughs> told them that I was recording. Okay, sorry. <sighs> These things never happen. We don't have children. I don't, we don't have my children. Kids, ever. Never. Never. Okay. okay.